Gamers out there, it's Big Daddy Ducker, and I'm back here with the uh, Willie Rudd. We're back! <laughs> back in the saddle. Happy birthday, boy. D-Rock, D-Rock, happy birthday, very somber in most of our homes because there was no sports at all. And then Ugh. finally the NBA puts up a bubble and gets some games going. And in my opinion, those sucked and weren't worth talking about. But uh, <laughs> What? Here we go. Yeah, Already is, right off the bat. Yeah, Already. Ouch. It is what it was. But now we're back and we're almost through football season. So we got plenty to talk about. Right. Oh, a lot of gosh. catching up to those. So, Amen, bro. We're going to fill your ears tonight, Nation. Amen. We're going to fill your ears tonight. And uh, just how we're going to do the show tonight, uh, we're going to go off the cuff here. We're just going to kind of, you know, go with whatever topic comes up and talk about it and switch it around as we feel. We don't have an agenda. We don't have a list of things to talk about. We're just going to go with it. And kind of see how it goes. And um, I guess we need something to start off talking about first. And I guess we'll go with the the bubble. Since uh, we've bubble. already kind of had a little bit of an argument about the bubble. Yeah. We already I thought off. it was more or less exhibition AAU basketball. And you don't be salty because the Heat didn't win it. Don't hey, be salty. Listen, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be different. My Heat you're... shouldn't have been there any daggone way. That's true. Well, they was. So we were, we overachieved in my opinion. I'm perfectly fine with that. Oh, were they a fifth seed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they, had a, they went through, look at the teams they went through. They went through the Bucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the arguably the, one of the best teams in the NBA to get there. So yeah. I'm perfectly fine with Handled the Bucks, too. Yeah. It wasn't even like a seven game no, series or nothing. They just flat just... out smacked Giannis out of the playoffs. Yeah, it was over. And I'll be honest, for the injuries to Dragic and all that stuff, I mean, Jimmy Butler being out of game, I right. think they handled themselves pretty well against the, the Lakers. To stay competitive like they did with no so, Dragic? My thing with the whole bubble scenario, it just did not feel like NBA basketball. It, it, I just didn't get that vibe. And, you know, you take out, you know, all the players that should have been playing you know, your Kyrie's and, you know, all those players that opted out. Mm-hmm. You know, the players that got sick and quarantined and how that played into the whole mess. And It gave us sports to watch. I, I will and it gave us some that. great series, okay? Now, I will say that I did watch most of it. I, I did watch most of it. It gave us that ball. I said, oh, my gosh, let me tell you, man. Yeah, but there should have been fans watching. At the arenas. There should have been fans there. Hey, speaking of fans, great point, Ken. I saw something the other day where it said total viewers for the NBA uh, finals. And then it said a NFL game at 2 o'clock in the afternoon had like four or five times as many fans watching it than the entire NBA playoffs. I mean. Yeah, it was like 5.6 million to 15 points. Yeah, I mean. I believe what it was. Because and here's my reason why football is still football. Yeah, football is still At football. At the end of the day, yeah. Because it's played in, a, you know, 
Yeah, I mean, you, you are getting some fans back in the stadiums and that. Families got, uh, they, they were allowed to watch uh, that good playoff basketball but, in the NBA. I mean, I, I just didn't get that feel of watching a basketball game in the bubble. No, I mean, I, I agree. I, 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 I just couldn't I do it. I was like, you know, this is boring. And, and I know, it was a stinker that the Lakers won. I mean, it was written on the wall. What? Who won? Who won? The Lakers. Who they beat? The heat. Oh, sorry, sorry, Shane. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I thought we played <laughs> played competitively and played well. And it was the it was so funny because it was like the most non celebrated title win I've ever seen. Like, okay, the Lakers won. Who cares? Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It was, it was like written in. It was written on the wall. Well, God bless. God bless. Eight and twenty four. God bless him. Oh yeah. God yeah, bless Kobe, him. Yeah. God forever bless. and always. I mean, that's but one it, of the. It was most, written on the yeah. wall. Now I will say, had COVID never happened. And the Lakers went on to win the championship. It would have felt a lot more special. Yes, I agree. I agree. It, would, it would have felt, but with everything that took place, the delay and all that stuff, it just didn't feel like an NBA it didn't championship feel like it at all. to me. No. So there, and you know, as some people have already put, there will always be an asterisk there. That was the COVID year. That was the bubble year. That was when all these players opted out. There were any team could have wanted it to have been like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's nothing yeah, against yeah, the Lakers. Yeah. Listen, I'm I was a Lakers fan and a Lakers fan. How many teams the heat? you got in the NBA? The Heat and the Lakers. Big Daddy Decker? The Heat and the Lakers. Oh, my gosh. For me, it was a win-win. Eastern Western. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was a win-win because both my teams were there. I couldn't lose. But at, at heart, I was hoping, I, I seriously was hoping for Jimmy Butler to get a ring because I, I like Jimmy. And, you know, that I like the Heat story better than I did the Lakers story this year. Right. I mean, Lakers go out, they get AD, they have LeBron. Those that, role players that that those teams should have never even been that that series shouldn't have even been competitive. No, I right. mean, you yeah. take you yeah. take off. You know, Jimmy Butler was hurt for two games, and I think Miami actually won one of them. Yeah, he, but, he was. But so I mean, it shouldn't even been a competitive series. So I mean, like I said, hats off to the Heat. I'm happy the Lakers won. I like the Lakers. Uh, those are my two teams. So D Rob, D Rob. Okay, Giannis. Let's touch on Giannis for a minute. Okay, they get Drew Holiday. They missed out on the Bogdan, you know, you know whatever that happened big. there. Yeah, that, that was a um, that hurt. Do the Bucks have to win it for Giannis to stay? I think they at least have got to uh, make it to a championship, win or lose. But I don't think it even keeps him. The more I've read and kind of heard. I think it's just a foregone thing that he's out. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw a, a curveball at you. Well, I love at, at, at some point, if the Bucks know they're losing him, do they try to get capital out of him? Do they try to trade him? Yeah, they should. It should turn into like the Spurs did with Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Try to get rid. Yeah, I agree, and I think there's lots of suitors out there for him. Oh yeah, right now somebody would offer the you know the bank for him, you know everything. They're throwing the they're throwing the book at. Yeah, yeah. Someone, I mean, if if he did come out and publicly, which he hasn't, but I mean, it won't surprise me when he does comes out and says, "I want out of Milwaukee." There's just not a team here that's going to bring me a ring. Then you you know start looking, and people you know you can make an argument. Every team would be. I mean, who knows? He's a top three player. I've I've read enough to know the Heat is interested, and they would completely rework their roster. And think about the Heat; they have the space to signing. I mean, and the assets, yeah, they have the assets to moving. So, okay, D Rock, does Milwaukee have the roster 
to get to the finals. No. With all the ju- with, with all the switcheroos they've made, letting people go, blah, blah, this and that, do they got what it takes to get to the finals? No. But if Chris Middleton could be the Middleton that plays during the regular season, yes. But do I expect him to be? No. He's disappeared too much in the playoffs. Exactly. I mean, he had that one good game in the bubble, but we can't really count on Chris Middleton to be a consistent – Number two. Yes, the number two player. Okay. Maybe Drew Holiday feels that, but I still don't think that that Bucks roster – Do you think y'all gave up too much for Drew Holiday? There's another question. Kind of, but I think it was a I think it was a pretty decent trade. You needed to bring somebody in. You could not just miss the whole offseason and not, not bring anybody – Yes. Which Drew, I mean, and, he's a two way player, so that's good. And which we've all talked, we've all talked. Brooke Lopez, get yeah, down he, in the paint, brother. Stop standing outside in the foot. corner yeah, wanting to shoot foot. threes. Yeah, you know, well, come on, brother. And when come watching on that it. series, I think that's part of the offense they run, though, because one of Giannis's best assets is being able to drive the through the paint and use his athletic ability to get to the rim. You take Brooks Lopez and set him right down in the paint. You're bringing probably the biggest and best defender, or at the rim from the other team, down into the paint where he's going to get in Giannis's way. So therefore, you know you have to offensively look at it and what's going to be best for us: letting Giannis do what he does best, or bringing Brooks Lopez down there to get his 12 points in the paint. Again. I mean, I, I think that's just a, a systematic thing that gets Brooks out. Of the paint, but I, you know that that is to me the change in the NBA. You don't have big guys hanging out in the paint anymore. You just don't because you have all these long, lengthy NBA players that are driving and cutting and dunking all over everybody. And when you bring those guys in, you're just packing the paint, and it makes it that much more difficult. And now, you know, the days of driving, dishing, pop and shoot, you know, that's where we're at today. Is you know. That's why big guys that can shoot are such a premium anymore. If one team, because Giannis is a hot night. Giannis is the big daddy now. If he left Milwaukee, where does he go? Prediction. Go. Uh, I I feel strongly. I've said it from the get-go. I think he goes to Dallas. But, I mean, I could see him also going to the E2. Those two teams are two teams to watch out for. Could you imagine? If Luka Doncic. Don't even get me started. But don't be surprised like me and Shane was just talking about earlier. You know, if he does one out of Milwaukee, it could turn into a quiet situation to who just offers you the best deal. It could be a dark horse team that we're not even talking about that just throws the whole, you know, kitchen sink at them. And like, it, worked, it worked for the Raptors. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't know. I mean, but, and they're just like, sorry, Giannis, this is the best deal. And I know, and this is the thing I worry about with the Heat, and I think that you would have to worry about, and I know you're the Mavs guy. What are you going to have to give up to get him there on a trade situation? Are you going to completely have to throw your whole roster away just to pair him up with uh, Luca. I mean, good point. Good point. And that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I look, yeah, you gotta yes. give up. There's gonna be a well, if he don't sign that, if he don't sign that contract, then he's a free agent. Then next he's year. a free agent next year. Then we've got we have made then the, everybody everything. That's exactly. the whole game changer. Then that, then it goes back. Who does he want to play with? Right. But that's why I think, and it's Luca Doncic. That's why I think. The best Milwaukee may move him thing. before that point happens because if he don't sign. Who are they replacing him with if they just don't? If they don't trade him, <laughs> I mean, if he walks on his own, they get nothing. They get nothing. No. Exactly. And so I think so. The what, ball's in his court. 
Well, I, mean, I think the ball's in Milwaukee's court now. Are they willing to – and they might be a situation – No, I'm saying – go ahead. might be a situation where they look at how the season's going. If they don't feel like they have the roster and the team to make a NBA Finals push, I think he's gone. And it could be because I just don't – kind of like the Kevin Durant situation and, you know, when all these big-name stars start getting moved before their contract is up so they get something in return. So that means, okay – where are we going to put him? Who's going to trade for us now? You're going to get trade offers from contenders because who else is going to take on that contract and take the chance of him walking after the, re- the remainder of the season if you're not already in contention? Mm-hmm. If you're somebody like the Atlanta Hawks who's not got a chance in Hades, why would you throw away your roster to get you know Giannis for six months? You're not going to. But the people that are willing, going to be willing to do that are people that think, hey, we can win an NBA championship with this guy. And those are going to be contenders. And I think, honestly, like I said, that's why the ball is actually in Milwaukee's court and not Giannis's because they've got the option to move him before his contract runs up. And, it, you know, yes, granted, if if they keep him throughout the season, his contract expires – then it becomes a capital. All right, who's going to pay me and we're going to win? And like you said, Dallas was in a good situation money-wise. They got a roster. The Heat have a Because we know they didn't go out and just blow money, okay? I like Danino Gallinari. What was it? Four years, six, 62, 63 million? I mean, my gosh, come on. All these guys that got paid in this, you know, free agency of, you know, this year – my gosh. And, the, and you can almost say, it's besides me and you was talking, Sergeant Baca. Mm-hmm. A bunch of these guys are just flying, you know, how could, uh, 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 role players. Yeah. And to touch on the Bucks one last time, how big's Malcolm Brogdon look now? They let him walk, trying to save pennies. So, I mean, that, that really comes back and to And he had a good series in the Milwaukee series. When, yeah. You know, minus a, but, I mean, you know, if you had a Brogdon now, I mean. Minus, uh, you know, Oladipo. He had a good little gonna, series gonna, there. I'm, I'm going to throw a you know a, 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 me, a team, Miami there, a team out that could get very dangerous very quick. Had they, if they were to get into the uh, Giannis game, that's Portland. Yeah. How would you say why? Because I mean they got the guard play. Yeah. But you you're going to have to let go of one of them. Maybe. In a trade situation, probably. But if they can compel him to come there on his own, if he gets once his contract expires, I mean that that could be deadly. I mean you have Dane. If I can you keep got McCollum, 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 yeah. I don't care. Here's the name. There we go. CJ McCollum again disappears in the playoffs. Yeah, he's a Middleton. I've yeah. seen it year after year. But he don't. It's have always to. McCollum. That's because he's not a good number two, but he's an excellent number three. If you bring in a Giannis in that situation where you have a one, a Dame Lillard for a two, and now C.J. McCollum. What's Melo doing? Just handing out lemonade in the stands? Probably at this he'll, point. he'll probably be gone. He's, he's probably on LeBron's boat somewhere drinking lemonades. Man, can we soak up Luka for a minute? 
Can we talk about Luca? Y'all didn't think I was going to talk about the NBA and not talk about Luca, did we? I'm going to start watching this UNC game. Oh, my gosh. Soak <laughs> it up. Just soak <laughs> it up. This is greatness, what we are watching. I'm not even going to give you the numbers. His his rookie year, his sophomore year, we're not even going to talk about that. You talked about the bubble wall ago I, and how it was disappointing. We was, we was watching a star born right there, and he was already a star. That's the beautiful thing. Against all the, the guy played backups. on a hurt ankle, huh? Against all the bubble backups. The bubble backups? <laughs> you have lost your ever-forsaken bearded mind. Luca went out there on a one one leg pretty much, no KP, and I'm sorry, healthy KP, healthy Luca, and that was a bogus, bogus game one injection for KP. Don't care what anybody says. That was bogus. We could have we were up eight. We were up eight, and we could have won that game. I don't care what anybody says. We could have beat the Clippers, and I think going in, we could have beat the Nuggets. I, I honestly feel like, I mean, in that in that, in that that last second, oh, my, that buzzer beater by Luca, get out of here. One of the best. I mean, then he just stares down Montrez. Like, he looks at Montrez like, come, come get some. Montrez would break him in half. Oh, my gosh. But, okay, I could say that the sun is hot, and you're going to say it's cold. Listen. About Luca. <laughs> you know you're seeing greatness. Greatness is coming. And it's already here. Yeah, boys. I hope we have it. I hope we have an NBA season next year, though. It's this year. It's 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 in like this coming year. But who knows? Yes, it's, it's we, we just got to wait and see. They said if they're going to we, we got to play eighty two games. We got to play eighty two. Seventy two. There's people that were wanting them to. Seventy two. Are they going year. to play an empty arena? See, seventy two. Used to be eighty two. There was people wanting them to play the playoffs there again. Just have it all at the Disney Center. You just can't yeah. play 50 or 60 games and but, you're, not, you're the best team. You can't. <clears throat> I've seen well, more. Here's my, go ahead. I've seen more defensive efforts yeah. in that bubble than I would have any other time. Any other, It was a defensive battle. Some games were the defensive battles. When people couldn't hit their shots. Other words were 140-something to 130. But it might eventually got to that, but right. it wasn't 130 right. in the third quarter. Right. With no COVID? I mean, this coming year, they playing 72? 72. Yeah, it's shortened. They took all 10. 10 games, yeah. 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 They got 10. Just, and. Right. Hey, hey, big daddy brother, I love you, but Luca is the next best thing. And how he ain't on 2K, what, 21? Yeah, Correct? I think it was Damian Lillard. It was Zion. Or Zion. Damian how? was on cover. How? Who? Damian, who? Damian Lillard was on one. And then I think Zion was on another. Zion, Zion they had the Kobe. Yeah, then they had the Kobe. Had the Kobe okay, yeah, 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 yeah. How yeah. was Luca? No, I it was it, too it just, I'm not big on Zion, by the way, either. <laughs> I'm not either. Zion. Zach Randolph. Go ahead. Yeah, he's just a better version. Like oh. Well, right now, he looks like a better version of Zach Randolph. It does. I don't think he'll hold up. Wow. I, just, I just don't. But you go and look, you know, Luca's numbers through his first two years, it's stupid. It's dumb. I'm not going to get on my phone and look at stats and this, but he is the next well, best thing. And it's not like Luca is a college player coming directly out of college having to adjust in the NBA. I'm he not going to talk about how he, he's, a, he's not like he's a rookie. Okay, here we go, Man. Big Daddy Decker. Name me five guys that play, I played cross seas that he played up against. Name me five guys. I don't know the exactly. Boys. Everybody wants to point towards the fact that he's oh, yeah. been playing 13, 14 Good. against these guys, you know. And then he comes to the NBA and he makes it look easy. And we've talked about it's this. It's experience. What do most college players come in without a lot of? Okay, experience? look at all your other ones. 
Look at all your other foreigners that had played against grown men, then come to the NBA and flopped. What Darko do? I don't know who that is. Darko Milicic. Exactly. He's from Nobody knows him. He's from Turkey. Yeah, no, but they don't play he good play- basketball in Turkey. That's not even a European country. Andre Karolinko. Ricky Rubio. I mean, Wait, Rubio, was no, a- Rubio should have never been drafted. Uh, granted, you know, under foreigners, it's going to be hit and miss. It's going to be hit and miss. It's very, yeah, very hit very, and miss. I understand that. It's rare you get a foreigner that actually, like. Dallas just got lucky and got two of them. Got lucky. How do we get lucky? You drafted two of them. We drafted Dirk. Dirk. Got lucky there. No, we traded for Dirk. We dra- we traded Robert Tractor Trailer for Dirk. For his rights. Hornets. Hornets drafted. For his rights, but he never played for the Hornets. Exactly. They but drafted never... his rights. Okay. So it was basically like they drafted him. Okay. So, I mean. So, I don't see how that's lucky, though. <laughs> lucky drafted him. They didn't flop. Nobody saw the potential in Dirk. Other than Donnie Nelson. You know? I mean, so no, how no did, potential at all on a seven-footer that can shoot threes and fade away jumpers like crazy. Dirk changed the game. I don't care for seven-footers. and You know, he, he changed the game. One of the best. He is the best. I don't care. Hakeem Olajuwon ain't got nothing. No. I ain't even going to touch on something. Luka Doncic. Did is you the really just say Hakeem Olajuwon don't have nothing? On Dirk? No. No, I wouldn't. I, I, no. No. Oh, boy. It's okay. It's <laughs> no. I will not know. Next subject. Yeah. <laughs> Dirk is the greatest international player of all time. Call in if you got anything to say. Yeah, that's call in. call in, y'all just call <laughs> tomorrow us. When they tomorrow when yeah. His number is 270-589. Delirious. Amen. My, yeah. Whatever. All right. Luca, yeah. next best thing. Oh, my goodness. Great draft by the Mavericks, by the way. Great draft. We needed to get longer. The best we thing ne- about We needed to get tougher, and we did it in the offseason. The biggest thing that the uh, – Mavs have a for him is Mark Cuban. The what now? Best thing the Mavs have for them is Mark Cuban. Oh, and that statue of Dark outside the no, American No, Mavs. I really do think Mark Cuban is probably the best owner and most visionary owner on the planet. A class act, what he sport. did. Class act. No, you know what? Class act, what he did for Jose What Wolverine. he's trying to do he's politically in his voice, you know, trying to speak up for Americans is great. Who was that for? Exactly. Former player. I think they player? need a, another coach. JJ. Rick Carlisle ain't their coach. Rick Carlisle isn't. They need another coach. I really, really? believe that. Yes. They need another coach. I, I yes, think I they do. could. You upgrade. put anybody else in Rick Carlisle. The Clippers would have. They would have uh, swept us. Carlisle knows how to adjust. He knows how to put throw different lineups out there. It's different. I hated it. I hated when he first showed up because he didn't develop young guys. And that was my thing about Carlisle. Like, I mean, he, he just wouldn't. Roderick Bobois. Anybody know that name? Yeah. Dude, Roddy Buckets. Yeah. Okay. Could have been one of the best. I mean, not one of the best, but a good international player. He just let him sit at the end of the bench and just... He'd come in, have good games. I mean, he that one game he went off on the Warriors, he dropped about 52, 53. You know, and it's just like after that, boom. Roddy B was a nobody. And his development and, you know, of the young cats, that, that's always what got me. But, I mean, yeah. Well, I'll say, and I'll say this he hasn't to say this, but I think after so many years, coaches need to change. I think you, need, you need to – Learn how to adapt. Well, coaches need to learn how to adapt, but I think they need to do it in a fresh environment. 
Exactly. I think that, you know... Every teams, two years? I didn't say every two years. It's, that's not what I'm saying. I said every few years. Few two. You have to have a different kind of coach kind of come in and evaluate it. Because if not, I think you get stagnated and you get stuck. And, I mean, you look at... You know, all great coaches. I mean, even the Patriots and Belichick and things like that. I, I could have seen Belichick going 10 years ago and the Patriots still being successful. Uh, and really? I think, and I think Belichick, Who walks in and takes that job and they're successful? I think there's a handful of coaches that could have won. Like who? Jeff Fisher. Eric Mangini? <laughs> God, I wish you would get off Jeff Fisher's job. <laughs> Jeff Fisher. <laughs> Is he still I around? I love that, though. I love that He's in Tennessee. Maybe Is he in politics he, or he, something? He may be Vandy's new coach if things go <laughs> That's well. That's what I'm hearing. I've heard that. Yeah. I was reading it. it was but, no, I think there's some good coaches out there that could have stepped in. and I just think you need change. Uh, before it's too late because if you hold on to a coach too long, it's too hard to rebuild. And um, yeah, look at fine. look at what happened. Dallas seems just fine with Rick Carlson. Look what happened, Calipari. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, have they? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, Calipari to me is a coach that don't adapt and he don't change. And he's going to run his system regardless of the players he has. And if is it safe to say the dribble drive is dead now? Well, the dribble drive only works if you have people that can shoot the ball. <laughs> and when you kick it out and they just go one for 19 or three for 25, it's not going to work because all teams are going to do to you is pack line defense and just basically say shoot over top of us. And it, it don't work. And I've long said Calipari is probably the greatest recruiter in college basketball, but he is far from the best coach. And I, I agree basketball. with you. I, because I, I too many times he has just let his players' talents win games for him. Going back to their championship run that they had, and was it three three of those final or uh, three of those playoff games or not playoff games or tournament games? Tournament games. I mean, basically, he relied on his players to bail him out. The Harrison last second shot. Yeah, and I think there was two or three last second shots in that course of three games or so that they that they had to, and that is not coaching. That is saying, here, you take the ball and do something with it. I mean, they ran no plays during that sequence. Both of them were just, he pretty much throw it up. Yeah, and win. Let's shoot. That is not coaching. When you look at good coaches, they are running a play out of a timeout to get somebody an open look, a high percentage shot, a layup or something. He never does it. And he just relies solely on the talent of his players because he's at UK, can recruit those guys. People can say, well, what about Massachusetts? Well, Massachusetts, he had Marcus Camby, who knows how much he had to pay to get him there. But, I mean, he had a legit big man. But if you notice, Massachusetts didn't win it all that year, did they? He had Memphis, too. He had Memphis Final there. Four. Yeah, 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 Massachusetts was there. He had Memphis there to win it. But, once again, coaching. All right, how many teams of his has been horrible free throw shooters? That's coaching. That's going in, you know, you're not getting out of here to practice until you hit 30 free throws. Right. I've you never know. understood that he does not – he don't preach free throws at all. No, especially it's, on a team of a dribble drive offense where you're going to get fouled into the line. So, I mean, think about Calipari. Yes, great recruiter to me. And people I've argue, always said that. People I've argue with Cal. me. Cal, he is. He wins on charisma and he wins on, you know, basically just putting the ball in playmakers' hands. If Pick you it. have the playmakers, that's great. But uh-huh. when you don't, you don't. Think about when they were in the NIT. Mm-hmm. 
they didn't have a lot of playmakers on that team. And he couldn't coach them to get them up to that point. So, you know. Are we saying a repeat? Let's say, hey, hey, Big Daddy, Big Daddy Decker, let's hear it from the, let's hear it from from the, the Kentucky, Kentucky fans. Oh, I want to hear their on cow. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, you know, I've talked to you today about it. We was watching the game. There's no sense in being down, you know, 27 points to Notre Dame. Who is going to be, and pardon my French, their ass. They're not going to be nowhere in the top of the ACC. They're, and you're at Rupp. I mean, I get it. There's not a lot of fans. But, I mean, that's just, that's my sense. You take it away, Poon, man. Yeah. And you get, you know, you're down 24 points in that first Good half. God, and then you come out in the second half, Jesus. you know, and you play solid defense. Mm-hmm. You hit shots. You move the ball. You know, you find your go-to guy, and, you know, Olivier Sauer. You start making a run. You know, why can't you do that all game? Yeah. But the but thing, the like, thing is, like they were saying, that's also a lot on, you know, Cal. The thing that really like irritates me as a fan, and then we'll move on. Um, Calipari leaves guys with experience sitting behind these dudes that you know are AU. You just were AU players. Mm-hmm. You you got your Dante Allen sitting on the bench. Well, where's he at? Yeah. I mean, why why do we have guys that have played college? Been part of the experience, sitting on the bench. Yeah, that's why you're losing your Johnny Gizangs. People are transferring every year because they have established a narrative at Kentucky. If you don't go to the NBA in one year, you suck. Basically. And I mean, these kids think that if I don't, if I'm not good to go in the NBA draft, I gotta leave because there's going to be another crop coming in the next year. And fans are just slowly they're they're tired of hearing this same this same song. And I really, I think the the ways of the one and done in Calipari, people, the cracks are starting to show. Yeah. yeah, and it don't take long before cracks become crevices. And I've seen more complaining and gripes, even from the Big Blue's own Kentucky Sports Radio Network, putting out articles and things that are basically negative Calipari. And um, I think, you know, a lot of... That fundamental philosophy, people are just tired of not knowing who these kids are. I mean, when you see more experienced teams come in and, you know, lay the wood to them, and I'm sorry, Georgia Tech had no business beating Kentucky. No. When you look at the athletes on the court, Notre Dame had no business beating Kentucky. You know, these teams, you're looking athletically, these kids should be by far and away just smoking people. And they're just, right now, they're just not good basketball players. And that comes down to coaching. I mean... And um, the thing that with Calipari, it's is how is he going to withstand that? All, all I keep hearing, and, and listen, we got the toughest schedule. We got one of these tough schedules. I wanted to play a tough schedule. No, you don't have a tough schedule. Notre Dame was one and two and lost to not great competition. Yeah, Georgia Tech Georgia had Tech, one game. Georgia Tech was zero oh and something. You know, lost to Detroit mercy i think uh, you know of all people who you were scheduled to play so you'd probably lost to them too <laughs> i mean it's not like your schedule has been just unbeatable by any stretch of imagination yes kansas was pretty good but i'll be honest kansas sucked the entire first i don't know first half and plus the second first half of the second half yeah and about 30, and about 30 minutes of the game they were horrible and zaga had them down at one point like almost 20 though when they played them so i mean Kansas is not that good. No. And so I'm tired. All I seem to hear from Calipari right now is excuses. 
And, you know, instead of just taking ownership, listen, we're just not, we're just not a good team right now. Just say it. I mean, you're not. And I think, you know, that is, especially with Kentucky Sports Radio and everything, they're tired of excuses. And, you know, when you lose those games you shouldn't lose and things like that, people want answers and not Especially Rupp. You don't lose a Rupp. But no, especially like three three in a row. I mean, basically three in a row. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that, that's pretty sad. The sad. Kansas game was in Indy, and then Georgia was a, or the Georgia Tech game was in Atlanta. That's right. But, yeah, but two in a row. I mean, yeah. but I mean to be winless at Rupp, and here we are in the middle of December. People's eyebrows are raised. <laughs> I mean, everybody's gonna say, and, "Yeah, and it's, it's December," not, but, and it's not getting easier. No, oh, I, I mean, mean we got UCLA, UCLA then we got up. undefeated yeah. Louisville. Yeah, which I mean, Louisville will lose by fifteen. It's just the way Louisville is. But I mean, some of, I don't even start on that. I doubt it. <laughs> but uh, uh, well, we got right. we got to play defense. <laughs> well, not, not against us because we don't hit anybody. <laughs> like we were talking we did about the second half, but they should have been down in the first place because if they play defense, as we seen in the second half today. Ain't nobody beat them. No, that's well, what I'm saying. Full game. And Let's I will say game. this. If I can remember this number. Was it really their defense was that much better? Because the bits and pieces I was watching, Notre Dame was still getting shots, but they were hitting them in the first half. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think they did play a little bit better defensively. But Notre Dame, if they still been hitting shots, it wouldn't have been, been close. I got they, one, just one word, zone. I mean, why? I don't get why he won't go zone. I mean, I get it. The NBA don't play, but run a freaking zone. I mean, <laughs> you're going to have to do something. I mean, well, it's... well, the difference is in the NBA, you don't go zone because basically anybody on the floor can shoot the lights out of the ball. Yeah, right. that's not college basketball. No. Yeah, that's no. why you know, and that, honestly, that's what Jim Beheim was great at. He's like, okay, <laughs> you want to try to yeah. beat me from the three point line? Go for it. Yeah, he's like. Chances are, you know, we're going to be enough just running in. You know, I think Jim Bayham was, you know, a great coach. All right. All right, Kentucky's over. We kind of hit that recap in the bubble. Let's switch sports here a little bit. And What do you think about the Corona NFL edition? <laughs> I, think, I mean, I really think a lot of places should offer fans to get in. Um They've done. I mean, it really changed a lot to me personally. I think they handled it. Yeah, I I tell you, the best thing that I love watching NFL on TV is the piped-in fan sound. So it makes it feel like you're still watching a real-life football game with the thousands of people there. It's great. Uh, (laughs) The booze. Yeah, I will. uh, I will say this. I'll do a quick rundown of my team. We're three quarters of the way through the season. Now let's talk about the Titans for two or three minutes, and feel free to chime in. They need two or three minutes. Well, yeah. Jesus. Lordy, babe. Go ahead. Here we hey. go. AFC South, division leaders after 12 games. Not bad, not bad. Not bad. Um, <laughs> go ahead. I will say this. I, I'm not very optimistic about our chances going forward we'll still be lucky to get past nine wins i think we do beat the jags to get to nine but the thing that still scares me to death is the titans defense our biggest achilles heel of last year was we cannot get a pass rush we still cannot get a pass rush 
we, you know, tried to do it through free agency with Vic Beasley. That did not work. Jadavian Clowney, that did not work. And I told you that. Yeah. I did. told you that. And uh, the pass rush is going to get us because when you play teams like Mahomes and you play teams, well, we did a pretty good job against Lamar, but you specifically Patrick Mahomes, we lost that game last year because we couldn't contain him. He rolled out to his left 9,000 times and made great passes that beat us and got us, you know, ultimately ended it. So the fact that we still don't have a reliable pass rush, I think will be our ultimate downfall. However, I do predict we still could be playing for an AFC championship and a chance to go to the uh, Super Bowl. So that's kind of where I'm at with the Titans. Offensively, I think we're kind of hitting our stride. You know, the play-action game and all that stuff with uh, uh, Derrick Henry, of course, who's probably going to be the NFL league leader in rushing again. And uh, A.J. Brown's still been straight. He's a beast. He, he is a man-child. And Second round, I mean, he was a steal. He, uh, yeah, he still drops us too many open passes, but that's a young receiver. And I think the biggest surprise – has been Corey Davis coming in. And we right. talked didn't, didn't really? we? Last we two, talked about that. Last two or three games he's been coming in well, all season really and he's made some big plays and big catches. Don't have the touchdown production, but he's doing a lot as far as moving the change and being a big target. So offensively I like where we're at. I mean, you know, defense defense still scares me a little bit. Because Corey Davis is on his what, fifth year option? Yeah. And fifth year, they're and talking I about picking you, him back up. Yeah, exactly. And I told you how I thought like it might sound bad. I thought he was a bust. And it's like he heard me. And his production has – this is – I mean, this is the best well, he's played in the – Well, the truth five, is, this five, is the first two. year he's been completely healthy. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been completely healthy this year, and it's uh, working out for him. Yeah. So, what's your opinion on your Colts? We'll switch gears to uh, Big D. I, I want to hear Big D's uh, thoughts on his Cowboys. I can make it short and tell you the positives, or I can tell you the – <laughs> you make it short. <laughs> but make it two or three minutes like Shane did. I mean, the po- I mean, real quick on the positives, I mean, uh, you can go, you're looking at a high draft pick. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a what do you? Where do you go with that high draft pick, though? I think you trade down, try to help the defense. I mean, we, secondary is just, I mean, it's bad. They're softer than tissue paper. Well, I'll be honest, I was really surprised about the run defense. I thought the run defense has been atrocious. Uh, and, I blame it mainly on Mike Nolan too. I mean, he he's not a proven defensive coordinator. I think it was just a favor from Mike McCarthy to him because, of course, he back in the day hired McCarthy. So it was kind of like I'll get you back when I take over as head coach. But I mean, he's done nothing to prove himself as a defensive coordinator even before starting at uh, Dallas this year. He was terrible in Atlanta. Let me uh redirect you a little bit what have you thought about mike mccarthy now i'll be the first to say i was very vocal in saying i think mike mccarthy was a horrible hire but just after 12 games into his dallas season and granted you all have had a ton of injuries you have you got to see him before the injuries and you got to see him what's what's your opinion as a cowboys fan of mike mccarthy right now uh when he first got hired of course i wasn't big on it uh, going into now, I think you, you give him another year, see if he can get some of these guys either on the page or they just need to go. 
this is a huge offseason for Mike McCarthy. If, you know, he can, even if he withstands the blade and survives this year, I think Jerry's going to give him another year, but you got to, you got to right the ship some, like some way this offseason. You got to get those guys that don't bind to your system out, whether that be through trades, and you may just have to build again next year. But he's going to have to show the fans at least a team that has fight in them. Well, and I, I will say this. Do you think Mike has kind of not necessarily played to his team's strengths? Because you, the last few years, the, the times when Dallas has been successful, they really leaned on the running game, leaned on Zeke and all those things. And Mike has never been the best in terms of that type of team. I mean, he's had his success with Aaron Rodgers, but they threw it for 40, 50 times a game. <laughs> and I'm not sure the Cowboys lineup is tailored that way. You look up front, those are road graders for the most part. But the thing about a good running game, you got to be consistent and you got to trust it and you got to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I. Trust me, I, I don't think the Zeke's the greatest running back. I don't think he's a, right now a top five running back in the league. But also, I don't see them putting Zeke in situations to be successful. Putting him back there by a quarterback with five linemen in front of you and six in the box and saying, all right, Zeke, get me 10 yards, that's not Zeke's forte. No. And so, so I, I don't think Mike has necessarily helped himself with – Zeke in the running situation because I don't think that's Mike's strong suit. So when you talk about rebuilding and retooling, that's what you have. So who, do, you, do you have to get rid of everything and start fresh? Who calls the offense here? Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy. Kellen Moore's he's vanilla. He's vanilla. I'm sorry, but he's vanilla. I would say it's Kellen Moore, but I mean it's it's McCarthy system. That's the same things he was doing in Green Bay. I've seen I've seen Kellen Moore call some plays. I was like, okay. Way to open it up. And then I've seen boneheaded goal line plays, and I'm just like, why? What are you doing? Like, I mean, why do you, on a third and go, you give it to Zeke? Or a fourth and one, go to Zeke right up the middle. I mean, and, and it's so obvious what you're about to do. I mean, you just try to run it right up the middle, right through the, you know. Right through a gap. You know the defense is going to put their best two players right there to stop him. How, okay, here's my question. Here's my question to you, D-Rock. How, how does Dallas fall into these holes they fall in so quick? Early in games. Down 14, 17 points. How does that happen? Out of position defenses and uh, just not being accountable on offense. I mean, fumbles. Uh, they show not flashes. Not running routes the right way. I mean, really just... Honestly, some of these some of these turnovers and holes we did here, killer. Yeah, killer. I mean, they're, they're they're just fundamental football. Yes, it's like protecting the ball, Zeke. running your routes the right way, uh, protecting the quarterback. I mean, just just basic basic stuff like that. You shouldn't you shouldn't have to worry about your number one running back is getting paid $90 million, fumbling back-to-back, not just once, but back-to-back. Yeah, back. Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, your special teams. I mean, special teams have killed us, too. And it's just all that piles up into one big, long, horrible losing season. And I, But then again, I go back to Mike McCarthy. As a coach, 
at, at some point, when do you look at what you have and try to tailor your game to what your players are good at? Take Jim Harbaugh. He can set his complete offense up around Jackson and the running game. That is not traditionally what Jim Harbaugh has done. All right, right. He 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 adjusted to fit his players. Right. I don't think McCarthy has done that. Listen, I know when Zeke had his big years, it was power run game stuff like that. To play me, action pass. play action pass. You know, no. to me, Zeke is more of a zone runner. Get him kind of slanting out to the sideline. Let him see a hole. Bust up through it. You know, get 12, 15. Yeah, once he gets momentum, he's good. Yeah, and he's hard to get going. But these runs right up the middle, that's not what he's good at. And, you know, he's more of this, this what they call, you know, cut and run or, you know, cut, get vertical type runners. Yeah. And, you know, the way the Cowboys have been running the ball, that's not suiting him very well. So, once again, it comes back on the coach. Them holes ain't there anymore. Why are you not – you know him as successful. It, it helps it, that the it, offensive line ain't healthy and, you yeah. know, this and that. That, that, that does hurt. Our but, two outside linemen. But go, go ahead, go ahead. I was, well, I was. And I think it goes back to what you said. You know, when we were good, we were running the ball, we were running play action. That outside zone play and inside zone play is such a good play action motion because quarterback's got his back to him. He stretched out there. Peyton Manning was great at it, even though I hate that. Thank you. <laughs> Say his name again. Kids but, don't listen. Earmuffs don't listen. Yes. yes. <laughs> you He'll know, never say that again. He was, he was great. Holding that ball out there. Really getting Stretch plays. Yeah, those stretch yes. plays. you got to yes. get people to bite. And you have to be able to sell stuff. That's where but, Tennessee is right now. That's where Cleveland is molding their offense at. But these little little fakes up the middle like this where everybody on the planet can see, well, you don't have the ball. That's not play action. You have to do some things to where you get defensive moving and things like that. And runs up the middle just don't do it because everybody can sit there and not everybody's pushing to a sideline to kind of get that comeback. You know, Watkins at Houston, you know, is great in that kind of scheme. That scheme fits the Cowboys. Watson. That scheme fits the Cowboys. Yeah, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Uh, I said Watkins, I think. It's okay. But You're thinking uh, of Sammy. Yeah, anyway. It's okay. But that's what I think fits what Dallas has. Because they are too – I mean, you look up on paper, This it shouldn't even be, it shouldn't even be close. This is a – and this is what I told Derek. This is a 10, 11, 12 win team. Something went wrong somewhere. But when do these guys – Quit looking like that on paper, and they just honestly, you quit saying, "Man, look at these names." What about when they, you just step back and they're just guys. They're well, just a bunch of guys. Well, at the same, they well, got a lot you, of money. You say that, but you have to be put in position to be successful, right? And I'll get right. Just yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Mike Nolan switched the whole defense up. I think he was running a three-four. I think Nolan runs a four three. Yeah, they who they have last year, um, Rod Marinelli. Yeah, he's a three four guy. Yeah, and so you try to take guys that are used to been standing up their entire life and coming hard off the edge. Now you're telling them to put their hand on the ground and be a deep four three a four three defensive end. Yeah, and you Result, know Jalen Smith. Yeah, mm-hmm. and which I I think he's still got a bright future. I really hope well, so. Right. I love his story. I mean, it's a good story. Oh yeah, I, I like him. 
Vanderesh, I think, still has a great future, even though he's kind of been injury prone. The, the neck and yeah, I mean, it's... I, I think I think he's a good player. You know, I was really impressed with him very early on in his career. You're right, secondary could be better, could be a lot better. <laughs> Man, but, Dix had so much problems. I, I mean, if I, Xavier so much Woods, Xavier, I mean Xavier Woods can never talk about more money to me to ever again. I don't ever want to hear Xavier Woods ask for more money because no, he was wanting to get paid so much, and he's season. and he's unproven. No, yeah, he's bad. but bad. once again, it goes back to players have to be put in position to be successful. You know, not to steal anything away from Dallas, but I think that's kind of where Tennessee's defense is sometimes because you know, and I love. You know, Vrabel to death, but I think he's kind of screwed up by not using a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And even though right. he was a defensive coordinator yeah. at one point, and a point, defensive guy, and he was, and his yes. defense good was was well, in Houston. Yes, I still think you need to delegate that to somebody, and that's all they have to focus on. You don't have everything else. But you know, I still think we have some guys that are doing things that they have no business doing. You know, and we have a lot of these hybrid linebacker types that are not necessarily outside linebackers and not necessarily inside linebackers. They can run and tackle, and yeah. that's kind of what Andy does. I mean, they take these athletic guys that can just go tackle people. And, we'll touch uh, on them and the Raiders here in a minute. So, but, you know, I, I really think, you know, not to steal your thunder from, but so much of that goes back to coaching and your decision as a coach to make your players successful. You know, prime example, Kaler is a quarterback. KD. He, he does not need to be running out there like Lamar Jackson. Now, does he have the capability of getting out every now and then? That don't need to be his game. Mm-hmm. At the same token, he don't need to be back there throwing it 40 times a game either. But, you know, you have to find, you know, somebody used the, the perfect acronym for Kaler, and it reminds me just of Ryan Tannehill. He's a game manager. You know, he does what's yep, expected yep, of him. Yep, yep, he yep. makes other people, gives them opportunities to make plays. It's not about him. And, you know, that's that's perfect. Balanced offense. Balanced. Mm-hmm. You know, enough to run. You need your people to do what they're comfortable with. And I think that's what we found with him. But you got to put, you know, if you're in the NFL, you got to just do what you're comfortable with. And I, I think too many times coaches go in, well, this is what I do and this is what we're going to do. And it don't always fit your personnel. And I think in, in, in a weird sense, like to me, this year, it has been all about adjusting. I don't know, it's weird because, like, guys are dropping like flies. Yeah. And these coaches, man, calling guys off the practice squad, this and that. I mean, guys are dropping, getting injured, whether it's injury, COVID. Preseason didn't help, you know. Pre-season, not, yeah. No preseason, which I know we all hate it. But, you know, you need at least one or two kind of About two games. tune-up games mm-hmm. to get, you know, everybody back on the field, see where you're at. You, it's, it's hard to throw you into full game, 100%, let's go action. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a lot. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of like taking a car and letting it sit all night, and then you're going to start it up and expect to run it 100 yeah. miles an hour. Yeah. You, you're eventually going to mess something up. Right, right. It's, it's just, I mean, people's bodies don't load up through that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I totally see your point. Um, it's just, it's just been one of them years. One man. of them years, and we can't wait for January. 1st. It's uh, I know that. On top of COVID, you've had you know the injuries, the protocols, the testing, the right. You know yeah. the canceled games. I mean, how many times was the Ravens and Steelers canceled? And 
I mean, you got people playing on. I never thought I'd watch a football game on a Tuesday afternoon at four o'clock. Right. I mean, it's just. How many games have been canceled this year? Yeah, I think we had a Wednesday afternoon game. Yeah. So I mean, mean, uh, it's hard to prepare mentally, and you know, for a game when you don't know when you're playing, who you're playing, who's going to be on the field with you. um, You know, if your coach is going to be healthy to coach it, uh, where the fans, uh, you don't feed off the fans. It's just very, very hard to prepare for anything in this kind of ship we're life, in. Right yeah, now. life we live in now. Because I mean, it's just it's it's it's. Uh, you want to you, you want to have faith and you want to have hope, but you know that they, we can finish the season because I know everybody wants to see the season finished. But I mean, you don't want to have to go through this again. Right. You want something. Positive for next year. He won't. I mean, it's just everything's on top of one another. So much bad news. We're doing two shows, by the way. All right. Well, we got about uh, six, five, six minutes left in this one. So how about we we're doing to the two Raiders? because we're, we're doing two because it's been so long since everybody's heard us. We're gonna make it worth it. You get. We're gonna get two, two for the price of one. Two for the price of one today. Just um, how about big, the Raiders? How about the Raiders, Big Kent? Oh, oh my big, God. I love it, baby. I love it. We're back. That's a bold statement. That's a, we're back. <laughs> like the the beginning there of this segment, the boys are back in town. The Raiders are back in town. In a new town. In a new town. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Las Vegas Raiders, boys. Yes, y'all are in the bright lights now. We're, we're there, but we got to win. Their new stadium is great. We, we can't lose. Hey, and I will say, I mean, what a way to kick off y'all's new year in Vegas with beating one of the best teams yes. in the Chiefs. Yes. I mean, that was awesome. Loved it. New Loved Orleans. It. New Orleans. You beat New Orleans? Was it New yeah, Orleans? Yeah, beat New Orleans. Week two. Had, some, had, had big wins this year. Um, it's a start. Uh, go ahead, Big Ken. Give me Give me your input. How they finish? Where they finish? Why? Uh, we're going to finish. We're going to be in the playoffs. Uh, and the reason is because we're coming around. We're not giving up like we did a year or two ago. We got a quarterback that's going to lead us. Uh, do you see a hungrier car? Then you yes. have more than I ever have. Yes. Yeah. What's your reason? Marcus Mariota is on the base. He's just waiting. Car, car, What's your reason? <laughs> Carr is the general. He's like Napoleon on the field. Okay. He he's telling everybody, "Hey, this is this is it. This is our time." Okay, I'm on our time. Our time. Okay, I, I I get that. This is one of the. This is the best offenses he's had around him. Yeah, but then again, we're hurting that defense again. I'll tell you what, they're deep. that tight end they got, I would trade the for best, him in a heart. The best tight end. Darren Waller's top three. Darren Waller. I think he's the best in the league. I, I think he's number Travis one. Travis Kelsey yeah. ain't got nothing. He's better than Travis Kelsey. He's better, he's better. He's better. I'm put Kelsey. that in the bank. Right. There's now, all these draft Kansas City Chiefs fans that I've been Kyle seeing Pitts on out of Florida. Facebook and everybody like that, Travis Kelsey this, Travis Kelsey that. Boys, there's a guy in silver and black named Darren Waller. You better look this guy. He's a stud. He's on top. And he of will waller all over you. Thank you, Baltimore. Thank you, Baltimore, for Listen, giving up on him. He Baltimore, Baltimore gave up on him. He's out of Georgia Tech. Okay, he's out of Georgia Tech. Baltimore gave up on him because he was an addict. 
Okay, so Baltimore said alcohol, just, just, I mean. My kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a Raider guy for you. Stabler, be proud oh, yeah. of him. He's not, a, he's not a milk drinker. No. <laughs> but, milk uh, milk I, ain't I really all think, it, boys, I'm I, telling you. I really think Waller has been, I think he has transformed their offense. Oh, yeah. He's definitely yeah. Derek Carr's yeah. safety name. You got to DT him. You, you, you said thank you, Baltimore. Thank you, Philadelphia. Look what they gave us. Yeah. No Aguilar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My That's God, not, people, yeah. thank you all. Thank you. We're yeah. back. And like Charles Woodson would say, you better watch out for the Raiders. Well, okay, but you've got a tough four-game stretch. This is going to knuck or buck the Raiders because last year they would have buckled. They would have buckled. They they, they, they would have. Carr don't make that throw to Rugs last year. He would have took a sack. Yep. This is this is Carr. But Carr Carr's got this look in his eye, like, okay, I'm tired of people talking. You know this and that. Da 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 da. And their offensive line, they're still playing without yes. Richie Incognito. Ooh. Trent Brown ain't played. Kudos to you know. Um, oh shoot, what's his name? Oh, offensive line coach. Shoot it to me. Um, Shane Ducker. No. Old line coach, Grace Kenny High School. No. <laughs> Tom Cable. Tom Cable. Oh, yeah. Kudos to Tom Cable. That's because Tom J- Cable would actually turn used to be the head coach there. Had to, Tom. Denzel Goods did a good job. He He's played all five spots. Right tackle, right guard, center. No, he ain't played center. Roddy Hudson, man. He's one of the best centers of all time. I'll say that for another day. Left guard, left tackle. He's what, Denzel Good. Um, there that long feller. I don't know his first name, but hey, I mean they they have come in and they've plugged in spots. Now their offense is good enough to take them. The defense, but and it's but, every yeah. year, every year about these Raiders and their defense. When do you stop giving up big chunks of yardage? Okay. Cleveland Farrell balled out against the Jets. Yes, he did. He finally showed up. He did. Okay. Do you know this? Carl Nassib was active. He was ready to go. John Gruden said, no. No, no, no. We're going to make him a scratch. I'm sending a message. We've got to practice better. I don't know how their practice habits was going, but he said, I'm putting a scratch. Nassib is a scratch. But he was fine. And Nassib had been one of their best, you know, defensively. And we all, everybody knows about, you know, Max Crosby. He's doing his thing, but he's getting double teamed. Come on, Eastern Michigan. Come on, man. And you've got a Come double on, team, that boy. Come Good on, praise. man. Come on, man. Come uh, on. Andy Moss. And I sat uh, back here in the black hole when they drafted him. I said, that's a steal. That's a steal. That's a Raider. That's what they needed. Uh, attitude. He was a great, I mean, his speed. He did right. his job. He's doing good. As we, uh, in Max, the first part he, of he, He's going to get in there. So what? I mean, okay. Does the Raiders beat the Colts? We'll talk. We'll, we'll talk about. You know what? We're doing two no, episodes now. I love you. We're yes. doing two episodes. Well, we, can have, we can talk about that on the next episode of the Colts. We're, we're talking about the, in this episode. Then we're going to jump to the Colts. I got one question. Because I ain't got to say nothing about the Colts. I, I, I got one question. God bless you, Andrew Luck. Does the Raiders win a playoff game this year? Go. Does the Raiders win a playoff Ooh. game? They got to get there first. And we'll talk about it on the next episode. No, just give me a yes or no. Yes or no. They got to get there first. What? So are you saying they're not going to make it? I'm not saying that. They've got they, to get their do they, get, do they win a playoff game? One. One. Staber, it's for you. Yes.
I'm, I'm down not going to say it. that. I'm, I'm not. They got to prove a little bit more for me before I give them a playoff. It's a top four game. That means All right, next four we'll games are tough. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, Charlie Pride passed away, by the way. God bless Charlie Pride. God bless Charlie Pride. Everybody else is 20. Come on, now. Seriously? How you going to ask 